Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina. Programming support for Nature's Edge comes from the Native Watercraft, locally made fishing kayaks designed for Carolina waters and beyond. Models featuring the hands-free Propel Pedal Drive system, the new Slayer 12XC, perfect for fishing the French Broad, as well as a full range of kayak fishing accessories can be purchased at the Native Watercraft Factory Store at 210 Old Airport Road in Fletcher, North Carolina. Again, that is 210 Old Airport Road in Fletcher. For more details, Google Native Watercraft Factory store. Hey guys, Nature's Edge is on the air. This is your humble host, Dale Stewart. You guys know that I am a huge fan when it comes to outdoor education and all things water. And our guest today is someone who uh, can bring attention to a lot of the a lot of the things that I talk about, and is quite a uh, quite an outdoor enthusiast herself. Uh, Angie Sugart, did it, is that close, Angie? You are right on, Dale. Oh. You got it first time. Yeah, there you go. We were just talking about how she pronounces her last name, and and. Uh, Angie was telling me it depends on whether you're above the Mason-Dixon line or below it. And, of course, I'm about as far below it as you can get, being from South Louisiana. But uh, Angie, is she's, a, she's an experienced nonprofit manager. She is co-founder of One World Adventure Company. She is actively engaged uh, in the outdoor community in her, in her state of Alabama and uh, has developed some pretty amazing uh, programs that promote a, a healthy lifestyle and... Uh, you know, being an LSU fan, it's it's hard for me to talk to people from Alabama, but we, we can do that anyway. Angie, welcome to Nature's Edge. Thank you for having me, Dale. It's a beautiful day in northeast Alabama, and I love people from Louisiana because we are big fans of Asheville and the Montreat area. That's where our dog uh, is 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 in the is in the mix there. Well, you know, we I, love we love Montreat College. Oh yeah, you know it's uh, yeah we're having beautiful weather here in in Asheville as well in North Carolina, Western North Carolina. It's getting a little little warm, but it's it's beautiful. Look, let's get right in here. I want to want to really talk to you a little bit about uh, about your your uh, nonprofit One World Adventure and. Give us a little overview of what One World Adventure is all about and how you and your husband sort of came about developing it and and, uh, talk about some of the outdoor programs that you guys uh, are involved with. Sure, I'm happy to. Uh, One World Adventure was founded in 2008. Uh, My husband and I, Bill, uh, are the founders and uh, the jack of all trades. Uh, He has the degree in outdoor education from Montreat College in North Carolina, 
And so, uh, and I have some uh, uh, really uh, close local ties, and and so we were working together in uh, in local summer camps in Mentone, which uh, is on Lookout Mountain. Sure. And uh, if if it's one of the the camp meccas, summer camp meccas of the southeast. Uh, here in Mentone, uh, there are eight. And in the area, there are 11. Uh, one of the first, uh, the very first Girl Scout camp, Camp Juliet Lowe, is on Lookout Mountain and on Little River. Uh, and then we have several boys and girls camps here. And that's where we were at. We were, uh, Bill was camp director, and he uh, was moving into his 15th year of teaching outdoor education, and me and uh, nonprofit management. And so we uh, wanted to start a program, and what began uh, really started as a tripping program uh, evolved very quickly into serving local youth and teaching outdoor education and providing outdoor education for uh, youth in our community uh, through through day camps, getting kids outside, uh, enjoying the uh, wonderful resource we have on Lookout Mountain, which is Little River, and uh, climbing rocks, canoeing and kayaking, hiking, and observing nature. And, uh, you know, being in a Camp Mecca, there was really nothing for our local youth. There were, um, uh, where we sit here on Lookout Mountain, we're only 45 minutes south of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, we're uh, centrally located um, within two to three hours of Atlanta, Georgia, Birmingham, Huntsville, Alabama. Um, and, and so you have these large metropolitan cities, uh, you know, in our tri-state area where kids will come to Lookout Mountain to experience uh, Little River and, and, and uh, you know, our beautiful natural, natural areas. And uh, so that's what we started was something for our local kids something for them to do during the summer and you know it's just really evolved into different programs um turning the water advocacy for little river because that's what we teach is you know focus on watershed awareness sure um and and yeah Angie, it, it, and I know you, you sort of started out, you know, doing the doing the school programs and the school activities, but you guys also have activities for just the general public, correct? Yeah, we uh, began uh, accommodating visitors. Um, we have uh, state lands here. DeSoto State Park uh, is a 3,500-acre uh, beautiful park here. And then we have Little River National Preserve uh, and Little River Canyon. And so we have a lot of visitors that come to the area. And over the last 10 or 15 years, we've really been able to make a push um, for sustainable tourism as a a really um, uh, big part and a big asset to our area, a big part of our, our economy here. Talk a little about that uh, sustainable uh, education. I, I, I know a lot of people use that word for a lot of different things, but uh, sure. uh, sustainable tourism is, is a big thing uh, with me, and I know with a lot of my listeners. So sustainable tourism, in my opinion, and what we've been able to do in our area with sustainable tourism is 
that people are coming to our public lands. They're coming to visit, and they're, they're learning a lot. You know, there are a lot of great educational programs, interactive, um, you know, signage uh, throughout our parks and our state lands. But then, you know, there's a component missing, which is guiding, which is actual interpretation by, you know, people who know the area, people who explore the area, and people who have been teaching about the area for years. So that's where we came in. Uh, DeSoto State Park approached us uh, um, almost seven years ago and said, look, we have visitors coming to this area, but there's a beautiful river that goes through a park, and we don't have the resources to get people out on the water. They see, they know they're on Little River, but Little River, you know, is 75 miles long. So we, you know, it's so widespread that people don't understand where they are uh, when they're in a location. They don't understand that it's connected to another source of uh, another part of a river or uh, it's just a fork of one large river. So we're able to get people out. Uh, guiding them on this on beautiful easy uh, sections of Little River that 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 they can they can paddle very easily on flat water kayaks enjoy the scenery we can interpret uh, the plants and the animals as we see along the way we can tell them where they are as far as you know on the river and and where you know what is above them what is below them and they get so much more out of being immersed in uh, nature. So, and you're... so they're going to they're going to choose that path again when they choose their next trip. They're going to choose something that takes them out and observing that natural area. Oh, I agree. So, so you guys actually do guided outdoor excursions as well as your other other things. Absolutely. We, uh, we love, like this time of year, um, it's the end of summer, but all summer we have been guiding trips, getting people out on the water, showing them beautiful swimming holes, uh, you know, along in our area, and just really, um, like I said, uh, creating, uh, you know, advocates almost out of, um, you know, endearing people to these places and teaching them uh, the importance of you know, take care of it. What is Riding for Focus? Oh, Riding for Focus is an incredible outdoor education program that we uh, were able to implement in one of our um, uh, county school programs uh, for troubled youth. Um, Riding for Focus is actually um, a certified program from Stanford University and a specialized program. And it's, set, and it's a research program for, uh, for mountain biking and comparing it to, uh, or not actually comparing it, but it's a mountain biking curriculum uh, to work with ADHD and ADD students. That's, um, that's outstanding. Yes. And so we were able to use this uh, wonderful 12-point uh, mountain bike curriculum that teaches you everything, teaches kids everything they need to know about mountain biking. I mean, and a lot of these kids were middle school and up, and so, you know, they were like, oh, I know how to ride a bike. But then when you break it down into steps on how to, when you first get on a mountain bike, you know, what to look for in your, um, you know, your ABC quick check. You go through and check your brakes and your air and your bike, and you just check it, you know, and you make sure that, you know, the bike that you're riding is safe. You're able to 
when you're able to break things down with outdoor education and, and biking, say biking for instance, then you're able to also compare those coincidences or those, or not coincidences, what am I trying to say, rather, um, those, uh, uh, let's say, I lost my uh, that's all right. We all do that. I, I I do it at least once a show, so it's it's, it's okay. Not there, but, so but, uh, so the mountain biking has really been good to to uh, the mountain biking program has really been good for us to to work with kids who have been in the juvenile system. Sure. Um, but they're they're not in the juvenile system in a way that they're they're. Uh, it's an overnight residential setting. It's just a a different. It's an alternative school where uh, kids that were referred to as with minor, minor disciplinary issues sure. um, go to a, go to an alternative school. Their behavior is able to be monitored. They're able to receive counseling. And then we get to go in and teach them all about mountain biking, uh, these steps, and then, uh, you know, put a real-life spin on things and say, you know, when things happen on a mountain bike, you know, that's... Uh, that reaction is, is instant, and, and things in life can happen that way, too. And it's how we react, and it's the tools that we have uh, and that we've learned uh, that can help us react in positive ways that, that keep us from getting hurt. And, it, and we can relate with those kids that way. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Talk, talk to us a little bit about the... Uh about some of the environmental education outreach programs that you do with schools. I know you have you have something called the Middle School Wildlife Elective. Yes. So um, this is a, 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 a program that we had in our local middle school, 7th grade. Um, in our local school system, when you get into 7th and 8th grade, uh, your 7th period is uh, elective. And so kids get to begin choosing what their interests are. So I would get 30 new students every nine weeks, and we would talk about our local watershed, our regional watershed, and then our um, statewide watersheds. And they would understand, you know, all about the, uh, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, their community is uh, such a, you know, a living resource there you know how we impact our environment um, we would we would add native plants to their existing flower beds to attract wildlife you know to, to not only create a beautiful campus but also to to give teachers access to learning tools that you know are simple and easy and just and, and beneficial um, and these go ahead no, I was just going to say, now, do you guys actually develop the the, the uh, learning tools for the uh, teachers? We do. We go in and we uh, localize our curriculum, um, you know, to our watershed and to the things that we plant in our garden and give them, uh, you know, different activities that they can uh, use with their students. And what about the Builders Club campus cleanup? So the Builders Club is a middle school civic club um, that is a stem off of or a junior version of the Kiwanis, uh, which is a service club. Sure. And so the Builders Club uh, is for 7th and 8th graders, 
and they have a, a teacher who is a sponsor, and they meet, uh, and they usually have uh, different types of service projects, um, like uh, fundraisers, um, uh, you know, food drives, things of that nature. Well, I noticed when I was going to the school for the, the Wildlife Elective class, that the Builders Club had an Adopt-A-Mile, which is, uh, you know, a statewide program where groups can adopt a mile to keep clean. And uh, so I asked about the 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 program because we do a lot of cleanups as well uh, in our community. We organize them. And there no one knew anything about it. Um, And so it had been defunct for almost 20 years and so I revised that so uh, we we were able to uh, start an environmental service project we would get the Builders Club uh, students out uh, around 50 students uh, each each time and we would we would split up and we would talk about the watershed and why we're cleaning up you know why we want to prevent litter from entering our waterways, why we want, uh, you know, to, to keep our communities clean. And so they got really involved, and we would provide uh, the, the litter grabbers and the safety vests and the garbage bags and, uh, you know, and, and traffic control. And, we, and these kids would get out and clean up that mile in front of their school and their campus, and they would just have a blast, and then they would understand you know, why they didn't want people to litter, why they didn't want to litter. Um, so it was a great outreach tool. You know, that's uh, that's pretty amazing stuff you guys are doing, and, and con- congratulations for bringing that back. Thank you. Thank you. Well, a lot of... A lot of times you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just pick up something, you know, that hasn't been going on for a while. And, hey, it was good, you Absol- know, at one time. Yep, absolutely. You know, uh, Angie, I'm a big fan of watersheds and, and water systems. And and uh, I know One World, you guys started the Little River Waterkeeper Program. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a um, really great program, uh, the Little River Waterkeeper we are one of eight Alabama water keepers um, in the state of Alabama. So we are helping represent over 132,000 uh, miles of, of rivers, lakes, and streams in Alabama. And, and we're helping protect, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and keep uh, the status of having being number one in aquatic biodiversity. Um, you know, we have a big role to fill, and Little River is a very special place. So in 2012, uh, you know, we decided to become the legal voice and uh, become members of the International Waterkeepers Alliance. Well, you know, our, our, our waters and those rivers in Alabama, and I'm pretty familiar with quite a few of them. The, uh, I know when I paddled the water river, the Trail of Tears, I actually started my paddle in Chattanooga, and, paddle the Tennessee River all the way up to the Ohio, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great that you guys have sort of become an official voice for the, for the rivers, and, you know, people really depend on, the, on those rivers for recreation and, and also economics. Absolutely. This area um, is, is, tourism is huge uh, in, in this area. 
uh, DeKalb County alone is, you know, it's an $80 million a year industry. And so a lot of people come to Lookout Mountain and to see Little River and to see Little River Canyon. And, you know, they're spending time here. Um, And so keeping it protected. And and it's going to grow, you know, like I was saying earlier about being only 45 minutes from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Over the next 40, 50 years, that city is going to grow. We're going to, you know, have more population in our area. To have uh, a watchdog in those pristine areas um, for uh, and to promote smart development, to promote smart growth um, with the river in mind is going to be really important. Oh, it, it, it truly is. And, and uh, I know Chattanooga is kind of like Asheville. It's really, you know, known as an outdoor town. And, and I think both, both, of, uh, both of those uh, areas are going to just continue to grow with uh, more tourists coming in, more people who are outdoor minded, more people who want to get on the trails and get on the water and, and, uh, and paddle. And uh, now you guys also, you, you, uh, you do, uh, you monitor water quality as part of your uh, River Keepers program? We do. Um, during the summer, we have um, uh, 25 weeks that we monitor water uh, because Will River is so dependent on recreation and tourism and so many camp kids swim in Little River and so many parents send their kids to camp, um, you know, um, thinking and, and hoping that, you know, the water is safe for them to swim in. And so, um, you know, keeping a vigilant eye on that water quality is something that we take very serious. So we monitor uh, 11, at least 11 popular swimming holes on Little River uh, each week throughout the summer. That's good stuff. And so so we look for things like uh, high E. coli levels, bacteria levels that can make us sick when we swim uh, or exposed to that. And then we also look for high nutrient levels so we can kind of get a snapshot on the river and any issues that it might have. Angie, uh, we're, we're just about out of time. Um, uh, my producer, Forrest, is kind of waving at us. Tell people where they can uh, learn more about uh, you and, and One World uh, Adventure. I know you have a website. We have a website. Actually, we have uh, oneworldadventure.org. And the Little River Waterkeeper dot org. Uh, check out the, what we're doing on Facebook for our events on both of those pages. Uh, One World Adventure is the parent organization of Little River Waterkeeper, and uh, so those uh, two entities. We would love for everyone, all of your listeners, to begin to follow and uh, check out what we're doing. Angie, thank you so much for joining us on Nature's Edge, my friend, and keep up the great work. This is Dale. Dale, thanks so much. You're Thank w- you for having me. You're welcome. This is Dale Stewart with Nature's Edge. Until next time, friends, run wild and run free. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.